podcast where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we're going to be talking about building a thriving volunteer culture in your church. You have me, Nathan Westfall, and you have Michael Moore. So, Mike, talk to us about what the volunteer culture looks like here at City Church. So I think that's a good question. And actually, with this podcast, I'm probably going to pull from you a lot because you are a volunteer at City Church. But essentially, uh, the volunteer culture at City Church is it's a part of the discipleship process. I believe all of us are called uh, to serve both in the local church and also in our communities that God has established us in, whether that's a city, neighborhood, uh, whatever it may be, T-ball team. Uh, or in the local church. I believe that God has called us to that. And so really the, the culture is, is we have, we, we really approach it from a mentality of we are not there to consume, but as a Christian and as a contributor of City Church, we are there to participate and to contribute to the, to the overall mission and vision of the church, to see people who are far from God come to know Jesus. And so really that is kind of where it all starts is is back to the why back to the mission of what we're trying to do and so our volunteer culture um it probably looks very similar to a lot of other churches or organizations out there i think the thing that that separates us is we're not just trying to fill a role or fill a position but we're trying to get people to be passionate about it and passionate what god has gifted them to do to be able to serve the local community to be able to reach more people for jesus yeah i think that's good we're, that's our that's our big thing is to not fill the role but fill the role correctly correctly no that's really good um so how do we get volunteers since you know so many people are against serving or not even uh, I wouldn't even say against serving, but maybe um, they don't see the whole impact, right? Like that you, that's your purpose for being there. Yeah, totally. So uh, again, I think a lot of times in churches that it's it's easy to say, hey, we need greeters. We need three greeters for this event or three greeters for this church service, or we need six people to go serve in kids ministry. And honestly, I think sometimes there's an aspect where you do have to fill a need uh, but it really ties into we're trying to get people to get plugged into something that God has gifted them and God has put a passion inside of them for. And so whenever we ask people uh, to start serving, uh, there's a few ways that we do that. Uh, one is we want to create easy on ramps. And so we allow, depending upon the serving responsibility, the serving role or the position, we allow people to not even get saved. They don't even have to be a Christian to start serving in the church. And I get a lot of pushback from other pastors about that. But the reason being is because if people can start serving in the host team or people can start serving with AV or production, and they start realizing that they're making an impact and a difference that's much bigger than themselves, a lot of times what will happen is they'll start to realize that they're making a kingdom impact and they don't even necessarily believe everything, which will ultimately lead them closer to their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, one of the ways we do that is through easy on-ramps. We want anybody and everybody to serve. Uh, we genuinely want everyone to be serving at some capacity in the church. It's a part of being a Christian. Uh, if you are a Christian out there, you're listening to this and you're saying, I just don't want to serve in my local church. You might need to find a different local church then because you should want to serve in your local church, in your local community. Another way that we get people to serve is we ask people to recruit 
uh, their friends. And so this is ultimately coming back to discipleship is that whenever you're serving in a host team, say if I'm serving in the host team, which a host team in our instance is a greeter, usher, uh, they're creating a welcoming environment for people who are coming into church for the first time, as well as con, um, uh, continuous partners or regular churchgoers. Uh, what what I want to do is I want to invite my friend to join me in serving. Uh-huh. And so say, Nathan, I'm serving as a host team. You come new to the church. You've come in for two or three weeks. I want to invite you to serve with me. So not only are we doing life together, but now we're also serving together with a common purpose and a common mission and vision uh, backing that, which ultimately is Jesus, right? And so uh, that's a that's another way that we do that. And then also we do things in seasons at our church. We used to do it quarterly, but we've we've kind of broken it out to where it's three seasons that are four month four months for season one, season two, season three. And at the beginning of each season, we also have a big night that we call a city collective, and we encourage people then to get involved in serving. Here's some different opportunities to get involved with. Um, here are some uh, areas that you can get plugged into, et cetera, et cetera. And so we try to create as many easy on-ramps for people to get involved uh, with serving. And so those are those are just some practical things. Uh, another another way is the use of social media and the use of uh, your your website. Like it, it, people should be able to sign up for serving online. We live in a I mean, come on, you're a tech savvy guy. We live in a, a, an age where everything is you just push a button and you should be able to get the information that you need to be able to sign up for what it is that you want to sign up for. Yeah. Go ahead, speak to this a little yeah. bit. Yeah, if I, if I can't do it through your website, then you're no longer my provider is basically what it comes down to. That's, that's pretty harsh, but you're, you're that kind of guy. So, which there's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. You know, they rather save the, the five minutes of the conversation. They'd rather just be like, okay, I can go to your website, see what I'm getting into, and then just sign up and be done with it. Yeah. And and with your website, if you go to our website, you'll see a brief description of what it is that you're signing up for, what the responsibilities are. And then you fill out a short application, uh, depending on if it's a community group leader or someone in City Kids, it's a little bit more in, intense or detailed of an oh, application. Right. Yeah. Totally, totally. But if it's something like host team or any kind of an entry level serving position, uh, then it's it's pretty basic and pretty easy. And there's a description of every serving opportunity on our website and a, a link for you to get involved with that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so how do we combat the consumer minded mentality that some people have? Mission, vision, vision and mission. So Simon Sinek has a book, Start With a Why. And uh, it's a it's a book that I've I've haven't read the entire thing, but I've definitely read chunks of it. I've also listened to several talks, had an opportunity to be able to hear him live speaking about this. If you try to get people to fulfill the what without the why, then ultimately they're going to look at this as a dead end thing and they're not going to find purpose behind what they're doing. But if you tie it back to the why, it's going to be so much greater than them just trying to fulfill a need or the what in a church or in an organization. And so we really try to get everyone to tie back into the why. This is why checking in kids at the kids' check-in table is important. Here's how it plays into the overall vision. This is why holding the door for someone is important whenever they're walking in. This is why making sure that the drapes are shut at the start of the first song is important. This is why making sure that you practice your music is so important, um, is really tying it back into the why. And the why should be the mission 
of your local organization, your local church, tying it back into the goal, the mission that you guys are trying to accomplish. And people are so much more apt to get involved and plugged in because of the why and because of the vision than they are just fulfilling a need. People don't want to fulfill needs for other people, but people will gladly join and sign up and show up whenever it's tied to the vision of um, what they're trying to do and a greater purpose ultimately for themselves. And, and without tooting our own horn, this is one of the things I can say, I would easily say 60, 65% of our church is serving at some capacity uh, uh, weekly or biweekly in, in, in our church, which is, which is huge because most churches operate between a 10 and 20% of the people actually serving to take care of 80% of the congregation. I don't know how we would do that if it was 10%. I don't know how we would either. We wouldn't. It gives me a headache just thinking about having 10% of your, your, uh, church volunteer. It would be a lot more long hours, right? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, so as a volunteer specifically at city church, what's the, the process to volunteer? So again, it it's, we have a generic process for all volunteers. And so if you're a church planner, this is an area where you can just take notes. This is kind of our generic process um, is when you sign up, uh, the, the ways you can sign up is with a connect card. Uh, you can sign up in the host area. You can sign up online, or you can just simply email the church office. Um, those are kind of the four basic areas that you can get involved. Uh, the other is a friend recruit you. It's much easier to be recruited uh, than it is just signing up, I would say, because there's you you miss kind of a couple steps of, you know, so someone signs up to serve in the host team. Now we have to send an email to the host team director. They have to reach out to you. So you kind of bypass that that part of it. Um, so that's that's kind of some of the the process with it, depending on the role. Obviously, right now we have kids, men, community group leaders, uh, even our prayer team. They undergo a background check just to make sure that um, there's no red flags. Uh, we we want people to be transparent with you or with us. And uh, with that speaking, even if there is an issue outside of kids, men, uh, we're willing to work with that. Kids, men, obviously, there's some red flags and it's like, all right, if there's you know, sexual issues or something like that, then you're not going to be allowed to serve in kids ministry. And then from there, uh, we try to encourage everyone to go to a team night. And so this is another another on-ramp that we have. Yeah, I was even going to say, that's a good spot for new why, people to why, even why come in. Why don't you talk about the team nights a little bit? Because you kind of oversee community groups, team nights, city collective. Uh, just share a little bit about the team nights and how we do that in a seasonal-based yeah, so in the course of a season, uh, we have community groups that run throughout uh, one season. They can run through two seasons. It's really up to the group and the leaders, but uh, they are only are required to have group uh, the first, second, and third week of a month, and the fourth week is going to be a team night. So right now, uh, we pick two different teams. Maybe some weeks it's host and production. Maybe it's worship and prayer team. Uh, whatever it is, that's their team night. So the the goal of team night is to get the entire team together uh, in one place at one time. So this is a good spot for uh, leaders to cast vision for their team in specific, uh, or uh, as new people come in, they can cast vision to the new people that have come in. Because frankly, when your team gets uh, too big, you're not going to see your entire team on a Sunday, right? And you don't want to either. You don't want your entire team serving Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. So this kind of regroups them together. And as a leader, you can really talk to them. Um, 
So on top of the vision and mission, you can also do some training stuff. So production, I can tell you just because I lead that up too. It's super easy to do training. There's always something new to teach someone. Um, but it's super easy for new people to come, you know, right in the front door. They know, oh, if I want to get plugged in, I can just come this, you know, this one night to hear the vision, the mission, and then see kind of what it's about, right? Do kind of like a quick run through of what it's like to be in host team, what it's like to be in the prayer team. Um, and really just take it from there. They can ask questions. They can talk to leader, meet with the leader on a much smaller, less intimidating space than a Sunday. And I think that's really the goal where it's really uh, quick and easy. I think we do it maybe once every four, just because the number of teams we have once every four months. Right. I would say the team meets. So that gives uh, enough time where it's like, okay, you've been at the church for maybe two, three months now. Now you can come to a team night and really experience it uh, if you haven't gotten plugged in already. Yeah. And so, and also what we do is we, I mean, we promote team nights from the stage through video announcements, through social media, emails. And so everybody knows what team night is coming up. And so if it's host team and production, everybody knows, hey, if you want to get involved in serving and you're passionate about getting connected to people, you're an extrovert, you're very friendly, or you're passionate about punching a bunch of buttons and running a computer and um, lighting and stuff, these are the two areas. This is your night to go to. And we've had multiple people that have gotten engaged and connected through serving through those nights as well. Even if you're not interested, that's where Michael is talking about where uh, this is why we shut the drapes. This is why we hold open the door. And through that, people can get passionate through your 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 reasoning, your vision, all that other stuff. Yeah, totally. And and with that, with the with the process, and one of the, this is one of the things that I love is through through the process and seeing people's dedication and commitment. Um, you're able to build more teams. You're able to build a cohesiveness about everyone, a synergy about everyone. And then through that, which is another talk for another day, but you're able to really develop some key leaders and see who kind of stands out and who has the influence of the leadership capability to be able to take this to the next level, which is something else that I would say all of our key roles for the most part um, have been through people serving in the church that have become staff members or high capacity volunteers leading a complete department. Yeah, agree. It's the total phrase. Start from the bottom. Now you're here. It's kind of, right. yeah. Started from the bottom. Now I'm here. So how and why do we have the volunteers understand and know the the culture of City Church? So we just went over where they can experience it. Uh, it's something that we definitely enforce. You know why? Everything goes back to the why. Everything goes back to the why. And so, Nathan, you know this um, uh, because you've experienced this at both of our locations, but uh, we start every Sunday with the team huddle. Uh, This is what's going on. Uh, This is why this is important. We try celebrating a win. We try talking about an area of focus, whether it's like, hey, this week we're going to focus on kids safety. This week we're going to focus on being more hospitable. This week we're going to focus on getting more connect cards. Um, and then here's why we're doing this. And so we we genuinely try and we we do not nail this out of the park all the time. I do think that we do a decent job at tying everything back to the why. Uh, the The other thing with that is we don't hold information back from our volunteers. Um, if If people have questions about stuff, if people want to know why do you guys do this or what's the purpose of this? Um, I would say a good majority of our volunteers are indoctrinated enough with the culture of City Church that they're able to answer those questions. And so what 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 is 
caused or what's been a I guess result of this is it's a lot less people coming to the staff or coming to myself asking questions and more so empowering our volunteers to be able to answer the questions. And so uh, one of the things um, that, that, I, that I love is, uh, is really just trying to empower the volunteers to be able to answer the questions, to be able to make decisions uh, that ultimately affect the overall mission and vision. And so it is that if you're on the host team, you are playing an, a very, very, very important and vital role to the organization and where we're trying to go. And I'll say this out there. If you're a church planner, you need to be on the host team. You absolutely need to be on the host team. Um, I would venture out to say the host team is, and by host, again, greeting, ushering, welcoming people. That is the number one position. You think that the pulpit's the number one position? I would beg to differ with you. It is the host team. It is it is people out there or yourself out there high-fiving people, welcoming people, holding the door for them, talking to them, having these conversations, being that first point of connection. It is, in my, in my personal opinion, from experience, it is the most important position in the church. Kids matter, preaching matters, worship matters. But if someone has a horrible, horrible experience and no one talks to them, it's going to end up crushing it. And so that's one aspect. The other thing is we encourage everyone who's serving every week, hey, we're all a part of the host team. Even though you may not be holding the door for someone, if you're on the worship team, don't huddle in a corner, get out and talk to people, high five people. If you're in production, if you're in kids, uh, this is one of the things I love that the, both Jim, uh, whenever he was serving in this role, and now Evelyn is doing as, as the kids directors, they have the teachers out there answering questions for the parents, meeting the parents. You don't just drop off your kids. It isn't a, it isn't a daycare service, um, but we're trying to hand the parents, hey, this is what your child learned. This is what's going on. This is how it ties back to the gospel. Um, and, and ultimately, we want you to feel safe with us. And so now you know who's teaching your child in case you have any questions. And so it really, it really does encompass the overall mission of what we're trying to do. Um, another thing, just very, very practical, every week at both of our locations, why we exist as a church is mentioned at least one time, sometimes three, four, five times. Yeah, this is why we do what we do, not how, this is why. No, that's really good. Um, so we have all these volunteers. We have them serving. We have these team huddles. We have um, them getting connected, whether they're on host team or not, with people coming in the door. Um, as we said, we're lucky and we have about uh, – I'd say 65 70% of the church. Yeah, percent uh, serving. Most people have 10. But you know, no matter where you are in that range, how do you keep your volunteers from getting burned out? It's a great question. Uh, I don't know if – this is a loaded question. So give me a second. No, this is a, this is a big one, you know, cause you got to think of everything from, um, you know, how often they get scheduled, what's their life outside of church, right? So maybe Sunday, them giving up a Sunday. And now you're asking, let's say for worship team, giving up a Thursday, that's a huge thing to them. If they're working 60, 70 hours a week, um, you know, how do you keep all that in mind? Cause it is different from a person to person basis. Like you can like, just as an example, I'm using myself. So, um, you can tell me to serve as much as you want, even though I work all the time and it's not going to be a big deal, but not everyone can have that workload. So you got to work through everyone's personality, uh, schedule, all that other stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, th this is where ultimately it, it comes back to 
the best way for people not to feel burned out is to know that they are valuable and what they're doing has purpose. Um, and, and so if you schedule someone one time a month, it's going to show to them that they're not valuable and that they don't have a purpose. But if you schedule them two times a month or three times a month for that same role, they now have ownership in the church, in the organization, and they want to be there more. I want to emphasize that keyword that you just said, because I think it's really important, the keyword ownership. Yeah. Oh, totally. Giving a, a volunteer, even a leader ownership over something um, is kind of like uh, the fuel to their already fire in terms of passion. Totally. So look, if they're passionate about kids and they serve one time a month and they want more, give them more, give them more bottom line. Um, because it's something that God has placed inside of them. It's something that they should be passionate about. And so we encourage everyone to serve at least two times a month. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but that is our goal is to serve two times a month. We have some people like yourself who serve weekly, who you love to serve. You love to serve the local church. You love to be involved. You love. Uh, so if someone wants to serve every week, let them serve every week. Whenever it comes to burnout, uh, here's what I found more times than not. People say, oh, I'm burnt out on church or, oh, I'm burnt out with serving. All right. So then it's, why are you burnt out? And then from a very practical standpoint, you can sit there and sit down with a person or a director sits down with them and say, all right, so why is it that you're burned out? Uh, well, it, this is taking up uh, two nights a week. Okay. So I can understand if it's taking up two nights a week and you've got a family of three and you're in school and you're trying to make ends meet. So what can we do? What can we work with you? And there's always flexibility that we try to create with people. And sometimes people need to step back for six weeks, eight weeks, three months at a time uh, just to kind of get a grip on life itself. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they leave the church. We've had multiple people who have stepped back and taken sabbaticals, so to speak. Even leaders. Even le even key leaders um, where they've taken sabbaticals, uh, but they're not losing their position. Uh, they're able to jump back in. And, and, and it really comes down to we value the people, or at least this is our goal, to value the people more than we do the production end of things, right? And so uh, I think that that's a, that's a key thing. The, the other aspect is if someone's serving on a host team twice a month and then they say, I'm burned out, that's more of a spiritual conversation. Because if you're serving one experience uh, two times a month, you're looking at three hours a month of serving total, total. And it's probably more so they're not connected to Jesus. They're suffering in their relationship with Christ. They've got some financial issues going on. They're having some relational issues going on. And then what that does is it turns into a discipleship conversation and less of a serving conversation and trying to get them reconnected back to Jesus Christ or growing again in their relationship with Christ. And so I think that those are some things. Burnout, burnout is a huge thing. Um, and and here's, here's, what, here's something else that we've always said at City Church. Um, and anytime a leader comes to me and they say, my family's suffering right now, um, is that takes precedence over church. Church does not take precedence over your family. And so it's God, family, church. God, family, church. And obviously work is sometimes thrown in there because we, we have a lot of people in the medical field who who have to work on Sundays. Right. And so God family church or sometimes God family work church. Right. Um, and so if someone's coming to us and they're saying, uh, which recently has happened, my family's struggling and I feel like I need to take a sabbatical in a month. I'm willing to serve through what I've committed to, uh, but I need to take two months off. 
Absolutely. Because your family matters. We want your family healthy so that ultimately you guys will be growing in your relationship and advancing the kingdom. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think that's an expectation that uh, we at City Church set really well up front where that is where we stand, where it's God, family, church. Um, Obviously, there's different scenarios, right? And I I think we're on the same page with this too, but it's, um, you know, when I was single, so that's when we first met was back before I was married, all that other stuff. It went God, church, and then family, right? Because it wasn't my own family yet. But as you know, if you have kids, you have a wife, you have a husband, all that other stuff where you have a family, that then presidents church. And I think we we have that with our youth too, even where they understand the ability to serve and all that other stuff. Yeah, totally. And, and, uh, and, and two things. One, just so everyone knows, I am actually at the recording of this. I'm at the start of a six week, not complete sabbatical, but I'm not preaching for six weeks. Why? Because we just had a newborn. Um, I'm taking a break off to spend time with my family. I'm going to be out of the office for two to three weeks, uh, so that I can focus on my family. It's, it's, this is a this is a hobby of mine, I guess you could say that us doing this, and so th- this is something that I'm doing uh, on the side. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to exhaust my family at the expense of church because if my family gets burned out and exhausted of church, if my son grows up hating church, I have failed at discipling my family. That's good. I and have that, failed at that. that. Yeah, it it most definitely does. And um, feel and so I haven't written my sermon yet. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Actually, we'll make sure to link your sermon to the notes of this. Cause I think you're preaching before this actually comes yeah, out. So, so, but, uh, but, um, so that's, I, I think that that's a big thing is, is burnouts, burnouts, huge, um, man, you have to understand you're working with people. Yes. You want to have expectations, but you're working with people. Uh, and you, you gotta, you gotta have a standard and you gotta have accountability, but there also has to be a level of grace for people. If it's a consistent people bailing on you consistent, uh, I'm always burned out consistent people showing up late. That's a different conversation, but if it's, it's, there's a death, uh, and you, ex- there's a death of someone on a Wednesday and you expect them to be at church on a Sunday serving and they just had a loved one that's lost, like shame on you as a leader, like Remember, you're called to shepherd these people, um, and you are called to to lead them spiritually. And so, show some grace in that area. And even even with that, right? So this is this is kind of going to our last question here. Is um, with all the stuff where maybe it's uh, we see a spike in burnout, or we see just um, people starting to lose passion. Uh, what are some ways to show appreciation for the volunteers, right? Because you want to make it a big deal. And I think that's part of the reason of why we have it at 65% opposed to the average or whatever. Um, it's just because we really appreciate our volunteers. It's like, um, oh, you're not serving? Like it's kind of one of, you know, not to put belittle someone, but almost to have that culture as we've been talking about of, oh, you know, you're you're not serving in your church. You know, yeah. So, uh, two words. Thank you. Goes a long way. It does. It really does. A simple thank you. Thank you. Text. Thank you. Email. Thank you. Card. Personal cards go a long, long, long way. Simply telling people thank you and tying it back into the lives that they're changing um, is is huge. With that, uh, another thing that I would I would say is huge is uh, by showing appreciation is empowering more leaders who are volunteers to do more. Um, A lot of times we think that a leader or we think that a volunteer doesn't want to do more. 
and and we disvalue them but by not giving them more responsibility but the more responsibility we give them actually shows how valuable they are to the overall organizational health of what we're trying to do which then gets more ownership bought in by them uh, a few other practical ways is we've bought gift cards for volunteers before anytime a volunteer in our church leaves uh, we want to celebrate them. And so people that have moved, that have served at a volunteer basis, uh, hey, this is John and Susie. Uh, they're they're moving to Florida this week. We love them. They've served faithfully in our church at this capacity for the past two years. Let's pray over them. I literally uh, recently had someone who moved to Kansas just a month or two ago, and she messaged us after she moved. And she said, um, I've never been in a church that has celebrated me whenever there's been a major change in my life the way that you guys have. And that just real quick, that that does two things. That not only um, shows the appreciation that you have for them, but it's um, it allows them to see what you appreciate. So you're basically sowing the seed for when they go to another church to know that volunteers are appreciated. So you're sowing the seed for someone else. And at the same time, because you're doing it publicly, when you appreciate them, you're setting the tone where it's like, hey, we really do appreciate our volunteers when you come and serve. Yeah, totally, totally. And then some other some other just real practical things, and we're actually in the works of this right now at City Church, is planning a yearly volunteer appreciation day. Um, let the you don't even know this yeah so let let the church look if you have people that are volunteering or serving at your church you've got 30 40 50 100 people whatever whatever the number is man go buy them dinner go buy them dinner give them a gift card uh spend some money on them because you wouldn't be where you are now if you were not um if you were not dependent upon volunteers, if you were not, uh, did not have volunteers. And so your volunteers are helping you get to where you are now. And so just simple, simple ways like that. Uh, I want to be a church that is very lavished and generous towards our volunteers. And so I think that any way that you can say, thank you, we appreciate you. Uh, we support you, whatever it is that way. Um, I, there's so many small practical ways and look, email us. If you want like a detailed list of things that we do or things that our department does, taking someone out to breakfast, buying them coffee, it goes a long, long ways. And you'd be amazed at how a simple thank you with a cup of coffee or a gift card would go for someone who serves at your church eight to 10, 12 hours a month. Even with the simple thank you, that goes more than you think. So like, um, even over at, uh, we've had a lot of stuff going on. We just launched our Rensselaer campus uh, with Ryan over there. I mean, Ryan's already this type of person, but he takes time out of his day where he's like, oh, you happen to show up at 730 to help us set up. I'm going to thank you twice this week, right? Not not even expecting you to do it again, but the fact that you showed up that one time. Talk, talk about pre appreciation. Ryan, I swear he has it scheduled in his phone in terms of when he's going to text you to thank you, but he is on... Yeah, yeah, but he has the right heart behind it too. It's just so that he doesn't forget, but he he takes time out of his day to make sure that every single person who does their job goes out of their way is is thanked. Yeah, and and let me just I'll just brag on Ryan one thing cuz I kn- I know that this happened and I know it spoke volume to this couple because they were talking about it a week later. Um two other people just kind of overheard a conversation, but we have an older couple in our church who's very faithful. They love Jesus. Uh, and they live in the city where we've been planting. They've been praying over the city for years. They've been supportive of what we're doing with our multi-site growth. And um, at the at Easter, whenever we launched the multi-site location, 
Uh, they gathered everyone around and he went out and he bought a 20 or $25 gift card to their favorite diner. And he said, Hey, I just want to thank you guys for serving and for investing and for believing in what we're doing here. Thank you guys. And so one, it publicly affirmed them Two, it publicly affirmed that we value what you do. And then three, it was, it was just win, win, win. Because a week, week and a half later, I literally heard them over talking to someone else being like, I can't believe that he did that. He bought me a gift card, a 20, $25 gift card went so long or so far with this couple because they've been in churches that haven't valued the gifts that God's given them. Anything else with volunteers that we may miss? I think we covered everything in terms of signups in terms of performance and uh, I don't know, everything. I feel like we've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would say with this, if you have any questions um, and you want to talk to our staff or even some of our volunteer leaders, look, if you don't believe us, send us an email. We will get you in touch with people or, or talk to people in our church, like, and just ask them what their thoughts are. Um, and and I I genuinely believe the consensus would be uh, the the same as what we're saying right now with that. So just contact us and we'd love to answer any questions you have. Yeah, with that. So you can visit us at theinsideoutgroup.org. If you have any questions or comments, whether it's about volunteers, past episodes, future episodes, uh, you can contact us through the website or email us podcast at insideoutgroup.org. You can follow Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Moore ALB. Yep. Uh, and you can see his blog at therealmikemore.com. Yep. Uh, so that's all we have for this week. See you all next week. Yeah.